welcome to the new spinoff series for the house that screams this is called wrestle freaks you guys know me i'm one half of the ringmaster generals nico nice um you know me from jumping on the house that screams show and horror pop radio this is going to be something new this is going to be something fun this is going to be something that's very near and dear to my heart something that's near and dear to the house that screams heart where we want to uh bring you the the latest and greatest in professional wrestling where we will be talking about wwe aew ring of honor and any news we'll be reviewing the shows the pay-per-views doing all types of fun stuff for you but i'm not alone on this journey i i'm proud to say i have one of my one of my closest best friends for over 12 years i'm gonna let him do the honors of introducing himself now ladies and gentlemen you have the pleasure of listening to mr buck allen one half of the ringmaster generals and Nico, thank you so much for allowing me onto the podcast. It's a very uh, great honor to be here. Well, it is 100% my honor to have the great Buck Allen with us for the for the show. So I think we should kind of just get started. What do you want to do first? you want to talk about the news or do you want to get into the reviews? And then kind of, I think we should maybe like talk on some of like the rumors that have been kind of going around. Yeah. I mean, like I'm very interested now with Triple H back. Um, you know, obviously it was big news when Sasha Banks just walked off and they just dropped the titles like it was nothing. Uh, clearly was not happy with the creative direction and what was going on in their division. So now, you know, we know that Sasha Banks and Triple H are buddy-buddy here. What, what's going to happen there? Do you think she's coming back? Because I thought she was going to AEW. I'm sure a lot of other people did. Well, there's been rumors now that it looks like, you know, and again, you, you already touched on the fact that we do have a new creative regime within the WWE. Finally, the, the old man finally did... Um, you know, a, a, not not on his own behest that he had to retire. I mean, he kind of got literally got caught with his fucking pants down, and that that, <laughs> that was that was pretty much what it was. You know, he kind of got a little, uh, you know, <laughs> he, he was he was a bad boy for for lack of a better term, and he kind of fucked himself by you know paying all that hush money. But I guess nobody reads NDAs because they're not supposed to fucking talk about it, but they still did. So I guess what the fuck ever. But, um, you know, a lot of the wrestling fans have been clamoring for Triple H to be the one to take over creative. And we finally got that wish. Now, to kind of go over to what you said, there have been rumors, I'm sure you know, over the past week that Triple H has indeed been in touch with both Sasha Banks and Naomi. The rumor was they were going to be coming to Raw on Monday. As we know, and we'll get into that a little later in the show. That didn't happen. But SmackDown is tomorrow on friday from when we're recording this so that that could be something different that we talk about on the next one how they did make their triumphant return so my uh spidey senses are telling me that yeah they're they're gonna come back i mean as you know too but there's been a lot of um aew talent that 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 you know were former wwe stars that jumped over and i'm sure now they would love to be back in the company that the triple h is running things Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got to wonder what's going through Adam Cole's mind right now. Well, I do know that um, Tony Khan was panicking a little bit and hit the panic button a little and was already on record saying like, oh, no, they're locked up for five years. I've got this one for four years. So yeah, he was I, quick to announce that, wasn't he? He he really was. And, um, you know, when we get into our review of um, last night's Dynamite, um, which I have a lot to say about that. Um, one question, I, I feel like, where the fuck is MJF? I have no idea. I've been scouring the internet, like thinking, you know, maybe is he injured? Is he rehabbing? And I mean, 
they've done a great job of keeping his whereabouts quiet. Well, I, I was doing a little bit of um, the research, and I know um, Bleacher Report posted a, a report today about the whereabouts of MJF because literally this is like the biggest mystery right now in professional wrestling is where th- I mean, th- this guy didn't drop a, a pipe bomb. He dropped a nuke. <laughs> and then left? And then left. I mean, he called Tony Khan a fucking mark, which, by the way, as nice of a guy Tony Khan is, Tony Khan is 100% a fucking mark. I mean, you got as as our you know one of our our favorites Jim Cornette loves to call the pudding game in in charge of this where you have the Hardly Boys or the Cucamonga Kids whatever he likes calling them and then you got Harpo McFinger fuck that he calls them in Twinkle Toes <laughs> he's not wrong dude I mean me I think when we should call up names for them that could be something that we do for me I'm I'm gonna refer to 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 Kenny Olivier as let's call him I'm gonna refer to him as Soul Glow. Because it looks like he's got a fucking jerry curl, like from coming to America. Oh my god! So that's that. I I will I will go on record <laughs> and refer to Kenny Omega as as Soul Glow, um, and then I'm gonna refer to the other two as like cosplayers. And again, we're gonna get to the to the AEW in a little while. But um, one other question I have for you before we get into reviews too with AEW, you have two monsters. And we're going to get into that a little later when we talk about this. But you have two monsters, two megastars waiting to explode in Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs. And you're not utilizing them. Those two should be in a program together. You're absolutely right. Um, I I don't understand it. I mean, I, I will gladly say I am a mark for both. Uh, I mean, Powerhouse Hobbs, the, the dude is just your typical, like, I mean, the name Powerhouse right there says it all. Like, why is he not in the main event picture more of the time? I I just don't get it. I, I can answer that. And when we get into the AEW, we, we will discuss that a little further. So I, I think it'd probably be a good time now to maybe jump into the, the our first review for this past Saturday, SummerSlam, which, by all accounts, I, I have to admit, um, going into it, I know you and I talked privately about it. Even you said. Well, you know, is, I was not excited for SummerSlam right, at all at first. Right. Like, I, I had right, no then, hopes whatsoever. No but, then, but then when you found out that we are in officially the Paul Levesque era, the, you know, or, or drinking the, uh, trips Kool Aid at this point now, you and I kind of got hyped for this and we kind of got excited for it. We we're like, holy shit. Like this is the first time in a long time. I've been even, even more so than a WrestleMania. I, I feel like that we, cause I mean, there's, there's been times, you know, a couple of past WrestleManias and you can tell where, Vince kind of let Triple H book some of it, and you can tell where Triple H's booking was. Excuse me, because those were like the bright spots of the show. And now he finally had the chance to to book a full, well, they don't call it pay-per-views anymore. It's a premium live event, which I get because now it's on streaming on the Peacock Network, or as you know, or, or one of our guys that we like, Pat McAfee, calls it the cock. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and um get your thoughts. We're, we're gonna kind of break it down by by match with this. So let's start with 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 the opener where it was big time Bex Becky Lynch versus the EST Bianca Belair. What did what did you kind of take away from the match? Even even from the start of it to to how it even even before we get to the ending of how the awesome ending was. What were your thoughts about the match overall? I mean, just from beginning to end, like they they put on a clinic. It was amazing to watch. Um, I mean, I, I can't say enough about the talent of both of those women in the ring, but my God, that was, they, they truly did something special there. And I mean, the storytelling from 
what was it last year's SummerSlam, if I'm not mistaken, like how it's all coming full circle. I think they did a great job. Um, and I mean, again, the ending, we got, we're, we're definitely going to talk about it, but man, what, what were your thoughts? Cause I mean, I, I think we shared the same sentiment here. We did. Um, I, I think mine are a little bit stronger. I honestly point, point blank. This was the match of the night to me. This 100% not only set the tone and set the bar for the rest of the night. This also had Triple H's fingerprints all over it. You can tell this was, this was, this was such a mix. A perfect storm of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. These two stars, I'm not going to call them ladies, they're stars. These two are presented as stars, and rightfully so. Bianca Belair has, at this point, 100% earned the spot. I was, I was, I was in her corner. I was. But I also like Becky Lynch, too, because Becky Lynch has, you know, she earned her stripes, man. Like she really, oh, without a doubt, she busted her fucking ass. I mean, she had to eat shit from, you know, with with Vince's booking for how long, and then you know the fact that they always go back to Charlotte Flair, which we're gonna get into in a little while later on down the down the card. But to me, this one hundred percent stole the show. It made me excited for the rest of the show. Um, the energy did match for the rest of the the matches, but I, I, it was just this particular like these two ladies not only put on a clinic, they told a story. And yes. you're right. This is one of the rare times where the E <laughs> went and told the story for a full year and capped it where it made total sense and it ended perfectly. And it doesn't it feel good to like actually be invested in that and for it to pay off like that instead of it just go like a balloon. Exactly. I mean, and and again, I think this this goes more into the fact that that Triple H, maybe I mean, I, and I'm sure Vince kind of has his you know had his feelings on it, but I but I really feel as though we both know that Triple H when he ran NXT, he he elevated the women and he treated them as equals. He didn't treat them as you know the fairer sex or delicate flowers. He treated them as like legitimate athletes. And I think that's that's probably why this match excelled more so than the other ladies match that we're going to get into later on, um, which, by the way, I and mean, that's kind of a spoiler already that that to me, that was the only dud of this of the show. But when we get to that, we'll we'll discuss that. But I mean, really, the, the finish is perfect. I mean, the only unfortunate thing was that Becky legitimately got hurt during the match. Yeah. But the finish. Can I can I tell you I literally I was I was like on the edge of my I was I was in my bedroom watching this okay I was on the edge of my bed like chomp like white knuckle like gripping I was so into this match and then when Bianca pulled out the Spanish fly into the KOD I fucking jumped out of like I was like holy fuck like did that just fucking happen and it was like seamless how she did it. And, I mean, no words. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. Like, I remember watching that and thinking, like, holy shit. I mean, it's very I mean, rare that you see anything um, that's like that memorable. Like, the, you know, you, you always have like, oh, okay, there was a there was a spot in the match where, you know, they, they went into the corner. But like, just the way that she pulled that off, the only like I would compare that to the WrestleMania where Randy Orton uh countered the curb stomp into, into the RKO. RKO. Just yeah. a, a moment like that where it's like, did yeah. that just happen? Holy crap. 
but she, she, you know what it was too. It was like, you know, and, and again, kudos and props to Becky for, for finishing the match and being a total professional, knowing that she, in the end, she had to be the one to put Bianca over in order for that redemption arc to, to really mean something. Um, and did it injured like she, or that shoulder was popped halfway through the match and you saw it because she was, she was nursing it. And, you know, the fact that she was taking all those bumps really proves like what a professional Becky is. I mean, she's a, she's definitely a, a very, very special person, very tough. I mean, you, you think about the fact that, you know, as a mother, too, like, she's yeah. got her family she has to worry about, but she goes out there, she's a pure professional, did business, even hurt. Can't say enough about that. I mean, you know, you, you don't want to see anybody get hurt, so I don't want to say you love to see it, but just the way that she continued on with the match, did what she had to do, it just says a lot about her character. And I mean, when she comes back 100%, no doubt, like she's going to be back right in that she, title spotlight. She, yeah, she, she 100% is going to get that mega. Same, actually, it's, it's kind of similar to with, with Cody Rhodes. When he comes back from his injury, I mean, he's going to blow the roof off of the Royal Rumble because we all know he's going to make it in time for the Rumble. And he's probably going to be the one to, you know, we're, we're going to get into that a little later with, yep. with the main event. Um, so, of course, you know, Bianca has her happy ending. She gets her moment to shine. And Becky, and then, Becky has the face turn. What she shakes her hand out of respect, leaves the ring to her, and then, <laughs> oh, the moment you hear, oh, just like did, did you did you fly out of the bed like I did? Like, I was I, like, I what the fuck? The I'm like, was that Bailey? Holy shit! But then that wasn't all. It's very rare that they can pull off a surprise like that, right? Yeah. When we talk about the Eve, you know, doing things that. Uh, following things for a certain year like it, it, it i will learn a lot about this on the show from buck allen but like i'm i'm not the biggest fan of wwe for a long time because of how they've handled certain booking decisions and uh i mean we could do an entire episode of how wwe has uh no, pardon my french but screwed the pooch in many ways but man like pulling off a return like that and I mean, that crowd was all for it too. It was uh, goosebumps. Still it was, it was a hot crowd, and the, and the crowd really helped sell the moment, especially when Dakota Kai came out right after her. And even even Corey Graves was like, I didn't even think she was even still employed by WWE because we all know she was part of the uh, infamous budget cuts, which we yep. now we all know where those budget cuts went, Vince. <laughs> um, and then the new um, I IO Sky. <laughs> The, the newly christened because she's no longer by her previous ring name. So that that little faction um, of of those three, and we're going to get into that more when we talk about Raw here in a, in a little while. How the importance of those three and how they already handled those three and, and made the three of them look legitimate already was already leaps and bounds better. Not just even what, what Vince is doing, but also what the competition is doing with AEW. Which again, we're gonna get into in a little while. But um, um, for me, if if I had to rate this match, this is one hundred percent an A plus, like across oh, the board. Definitely. I mean, it was perfection. I mean, from top to bottom. Aside from Becky's injury, uh, for me, this this not only set the tone, as I said, this was the match to beat, and I, and I still think it, it, it. For me, this is a match of the year candidate, one hundred percent. That's a very bold statement, but you know it what? Is. I might have to back you up on that. It's, I mean, it's that one was... of them. It's one of them. I, I would say. Then, then, um, you know, we, we thought we were going to get like a, like a palate cleanser, as, as we call it, or as some of our friends call it, the uh, toilet match when, you know, Logan Paul versus The Miz was next. And lo and behold, 
Yeah, I mean, he, Logan Paul, he's a uh, kid's got some moves. Yeah, for as much of a of a douchebag, and I feel like he smells like Axe body <laughs> spray. And coming. well, I mean, he's a fucking total dude, bro. I mean, what do you you know what I mean? He he has the look, he has like the arrogance, but now we could back it up in the ring. And you know, I know you and I talk daily, and we always send each other like the funny wrestling memes. But I mean, how is this guy? And he's just barely getting started, barely scratching, and he's green as fuck. He's still green as shit. But, dude, how is he already a better fucking technician with pulling off moves than Dominic Mysterio, whose dad is Rey Mysterio and been uh, there longer? This is only a second match. Well, I mean, the, the thing you got to remember with Logan Paul, I mean, it, it goes right into the name WWE, of course, that E being entertainment. Entertainment. And I mean, love him or hate him, he's an entertainer all the way. And you I know mean, what was funny was that, I mean, remember, he, he came out, he was getting booed out of the fight. I mean, the Miz was actually oh, getting cheers. Yeah. And by the time he pulled some of the moves up, but especially it was the frog splash is what did it. The frog splash through the table is what saved them. And and can we, I mean, I don't know if we're going to be able to edit this or, or show it in a clip, but like the, the look on Maurice's face. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I laughed so hard. Like she pulled that all so well, just like, oh, that shock and awe. Did you I notice mean, her purse? <laughs> it, was two, it was two balls to go with the whole Miz's uh, balls are massive. She she is playing into the balls thing. Apparently, Maurice loves balls. And well, you know, I mean, I that, mean that, that is a great T-shirt. It's a great seller. It is a great seller. Uh, and to be to be fair though, Miz is in great shape still. By the way, and we found out why too. I mean, yeah, he's you know he's got to be on on wrestling all the time, and he has to look his best. But he's actually in training now. I don't know if you know this. Um, because the rumors are that he's in the running to play Johnny Cage in the Mortal Kombat sequel that is going to be filming soon. Um, he is actually one of the few that are like on the short list to play Johnny Cage. Honestly, I, I could see it because he's basically Johnny Cage in real life. It would be such a great fit. I mean, I know we've talked about this before because we've both seen the Mortal Kombat movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure if our opinions are the same. I personally like the Mortal Kombat movie. I did. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't. Um, but there's there's things that could have been done. I, but the biggest complaint I had about the Mortal Kombat movie is where the hell is Johnny Cage? And then of and course, spoiler we spoiler alert, guys! Yep. It, it's the it's like the before the credits hit. There's that little stinger before that teases he's coming. Um, he's actually been doing um a lot of martial arts training too, getting his kicks ready, and that's why if you notice, like there are a lot of his more a lot of his matches now, he's doing more kicks purposely because he's trying to get the. Apparently, he said he's been trying to like learn how to do splits to get the nut punch right for the movie if he gets cast. I tell so. you what, though, like that would do wonders. That would do wonders for his career, uh, especially in the ring. I mean, yeah. you know, the the whole A lister. Uh, what 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 was he in the Marine Four, the Marine Five? Yeah, all I, the movies that. that oh yeah, he he was in sequels to to, to John Cena movies that nobody watches. Yeah. And, it, so. and it was, I mean, the gimmick was great. Um, oh, yeah. But I mean, oh, yeah. now you imagine him coming back after filming a major motion picture like that. Like, oh, man, I guess I can hear the booze now. Well, yeah, but he would be the cocky. You know what, though? But I, but I feel like he would also get some face love, too, as much as he would try to be like a real cocky prick about it. Kind of like when The Rock kind of did his, his Hollywood heel turn at, at that point when he was doing The Mummy Returns and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Walking Tall. When he came back for like that final run with Austin to give Austin his proper send off at WrestleMania. And do the honors basically for that Austin to the honors for him. Um, I, I feel like because of the, the franchise of Mortal Kombat, I think it would kind of work in his benefit. 
So as, as much of a cocky prick as he would try to be, I think it would only work to enhance it. And they might even turn him like into a tweener at that point, where he would kind of be like the anti-hero. You know. Also, too, we, we didn't even bring up the fact that Ciampa and, and AJ Styles even showed up during this match, and that that kind of only helped. You know, if anything, that that's a big rub to to Logan Paul that AJ Styles got involved in this match. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When you're working with main event superstars like that, and I mean, what was it? His second match, right? He uh, wrestled at WrestleMania. I WrestleMania believe. is in a tag match, which is where they set the the program up for this one. The Miz turned on him, but and on top of that, dude pulled the fucking SmackDown steal in the special and beat the Miz with his own fucking move with the skull crushing finale. Oh, the only thing that's missing is the camera just warping 360 degrees. Yeah, but as soon as he did it, I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, the fuck he's not. I'm like, did he please beat this motherfucker with his own fucking move? I was like, no fucking way. And he did. I was shocked that that was the finish. I, I didn't see that coming. I no, figured. I, I mean, figured uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, like, you, you would think that they'd do something to protect him. But, you know, I, I did think the Miz was going to walk out of there with a victory. I thought they might do something to keep that feud going. Um, I mean, they did announce that, you know, Logan Paul, I believe, has signed a contract with WWE. So we're going to see his face a little bit more often. Uh, I would love to see him on Raw or SmackDown. I think it would be great for ratings. Uh, you know, love him or hate him again. Like, he's going to bring viewers. And you know doubt. what, though? He, I, I even said it, too. I was I was watching it with, with a friend of mine, and I was like, yo, this, this dude just fucking showed out. Like, he really is taking this seriously. Like, he's not, you know... I mean, how many, how many, you know, and we'll, we'll get, we'll get to the, excuse me, to like, you know, the other celebrity match technically, because Pat McAfee still kind of counts as, even though he's part of them, he's still a special attraction for oh, them. I have some things to say about that match. But I'm we'll, sure. We'll save it when we I'm get sure. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I got to admit, man, I'm, I mean, as much as people like, you know, want to shit on the fact that like Bad Bunny, I mean, these two took the shit seriously. Logan Paul and Bad Bunny really like, you could tell, like they they were hungry for it. They didn't want to fuck up. They practiced. They you know they they know how to take the bumps. They know how to you know do the moves. They they respect the business is really, and you can tell when it's not something goofy like fucking when Lawrence Taylor jumped in to fight Bam Bam Bigelow. No, oh. and and Bam Bam carried that whole match because Bam Bam. Was I mean, a he had to, well, of yeah. course, of course, and even even um, you know, it, it, even though he didn't wrestle, Mike. Mike Tyson really took it seriously too, because you could tell that the difference is this, I feel like. So, you know, you can tell like someone like, and you know, you and I are Cowboys fans. So of course we got to hate LT because fuck him. I actually have a personal story why I hate Lawrence Taylor, but that's for another time. Like I had an encounter with him and fuck him like completely, <laughs> not even just because I'm a Cowboys fan, but fuck him. But I would just say fuck him because I'm a Cowboys fan, but please right, continue. But, 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 but there's more, but you could tell he was doing it for the paycheck because that was when he was already fucking washed up in disgrace with the crack smoking and whatnot. So he needed something. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can tell some of the other celebrities that would show up like Pamela Anderson and, you know, whatever, just did it for the paycheck. But Mike Tyson, even Jenny McCarthy to a degree, because she was at the same WrestleMania as Pamela Anderson. Fucking. You like, know even, what? No, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm going to throw a name in there, a little controversial, but uh, even Snooki. You remember her pulling off yeah, the uh, springboard she, elbow? Yeah, yeah, dude. She took it seriously. Like, as as much of a of a, of a cringe whatever the fuck it was, but I was I was impressed by that without a doubt. Yeah, she she one hundred percent took it took it seriously, and you could tell she loves the business. That's that's the thing, and the fact that Mike Tyson and Logan Paul and Pat McAfee and Bad Bunny they were having fun doing this. That's the difference. They weren't there just for a paycheck and to also boost their own thing. 
these guys, these people have a legitimate love of like the, of the business and for that company. So for them to show up and really take it seriously, that says a lot. Absolutely. I mean, it's, and it's, and not 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 to knock Knoxville, but I mean that that was just a fucking joke, whatever the fuck. It made Sami Zayn look like a fucking asshole by by the. I mean, it was fun to watch, and yeah, the Wee Man spot was cool when he slammed them, but like, I mean, Sami Zayn's better than that. He deserves better than that. Yeah, I mean, I I do feel bad for Sami Zayn. Um, you know, just when you think he's getting a, a, a little rub and he's going in the right direction. It, you got to hope that again, you know, with the new creative direction, and we'll we'll talk about that. I'm sure when we talk about Raw, yes, yeah. wow. Uh, I mean, we still got to get through SummerSlam first, but yeah. uh, without a doubt, like I I do hope that Sami Zayn does eventually get uh, in a little bit better spot and treated with a little bit more respect because I think he's deserved it. I think he's put his time in. I, you know, I he's mean, definitely had some great matches. Do I do I see him as a world champion? No, but can I see him as like an Intercontinental champion or a tag team champion? Absolutely. The guy, the guy deserves a belt. I mean, to to be fair, and this is why you know you and I have our you know we we talk all the time about this kind of stuff. But I mean, he's not Ko. K- Ko Ko is a complete the complete package. I mean, Sami Zayn can talk too, and Sami Zayn can can perform, but Ko just has like that extra X factor to him. That that's why between the two of them, that's why he has held the universal title. You know what I mean? He has like that that extra like it factor to him that Sami Zayn just seems to be lacking. And can we talk about the fact too that uh, you know if we if we remember when Sami Zayn was face and of course like everybody loves singing the song like it was great to be in the crowd and oh and, yeah and, oh, cheer along. and, and then you yeah. know you gotta you gotta make him the sympathetic baby face because you have Kevin Owens beating the shit out of him mm-hmm. um, and everybody betraying him left and right but then you you have him do this heel turn and you have him go through this heel arc and then be this whiny heel. And like it's so hard to get, you know. Obviously, you know, you you need the, the crowd to hate you. Yeah, I get that. But can we talk about how Kevin Owens? Like, it doesn't matter if he's face heel. Like, the crowd's gonna love him no matter what. And I mean, like, yeah, we'll still boo him just to boo him, but we respect him. You know, like they'll they'll. There's a difference between when someone will boo a face just because you know whether because they're in bizarre like, world like, or like it's like it's John, like when John Cena was being after a while when when. The internet so lovingly dubbed him as Super Poopy or Super Cena that you know he yep. was always like one two three kick out of two, or even when when Roman was early in his you know push because McMahon had like such the biggest fucking heart on for Roman Reigns that you know I, I think you know here's here's the thing too I, I think that the difference between Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens was that KO got the rub from Cena early and that only solidified his legitimacy I think in there. Plus the fact that he went in there as the NXT champion already because even Triple H knew that there was something special about this guy versus Sami Zayn. So I I was um I was a little mad that not mad, but I was a little disappointed. Man, no, fuck it. I was mad that KO was not on the card for SummerSlam because he would have put on a hell of a show too. He would have. Um he always he always performs. One of the I think we could talk about one of the bright spots of the show and uh we'll go to the next match. Uh, my man Austin Theory. Or I guess just theory, theory. Uh, as he is now. I've always been high on theory. Uh, for some reason I like it. I think it works. I know some people don't like it. That's okay. They don't I, have to like I, it. I, I dig like it. it. I one hundred percent dig it. I'm with you. I, I think there's there's something there. Um, I, I I can see why they're very high on him. And I know Triple H was very instrumental in getting him into NXT as it was. 
So for people that are bitching that he's being pushed, that there's a reason for it because he has the goods. He's the complete package. He's presented as a star and rightfully so. So I'm with you on that. And I think it was the right move um, with Bobby Lashley going over and retaining the championship. I don't think Austin Theory needs the United States Championship. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about the main event and everything that happened there. Uh, but let's talk about this match a little bit. Like, what were your thoughts going in and uh, with how quick it was to say? I, I think that, honestly, I think it really helped reestablish Lashley as a monster again. But as a face monster, as someone not to be fucked with, but as opposed also, to somebody who's fucking other people's wives, right? Right, right, right. But to be fair, man, I mean, even the defeat, this still elevated theory. Yes, without a he, doubt, he still looked good, and and in, in, because he he you know what it is, he's 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 your classic heel. He came out with the briefcase, used it as a weapon, try to get the upper hand, and then ring the bell. Like that's total like Roddy Piper right there. Mm-hmm. And then just trying to walk away from the match completely. Like, ah, I don't even need this. Yeah, exactly. Because he didn't. He already had the money in the bank contract. Yep. Which we're gonna get into that for the main event. So um to kind of back out a little bit though, if I if I had to give a grade for for the Logan Paul Miz, which by the way, I I think I would give them on about a B solid B, I would say. I think that's fair. I mean I might be a little bit more generous and say B plus. Like, you know, I'm, that, again, that, I'm that just being generous. Spot, you're right. Yeah. Right. It, it definitely deserves that extra plus. And I mean, just Maurice's face alone. Again, made, okay, made yeah. the whole you, you, you spot there B, B plus. And then the Bobby Lashley theory match would definitely get a B as well for that, I think. Maybe, maybe a B plus also because of the, the heel tactic in the beginning with the briefcase of, of using it, you know. So maybe, yeah. So, so far, so good with, with the show. I mean, yeah, so I mean, far, the show has been going been, in a great direction. It it didn't drag, which was which was always good. And then we get to the Judgment Day versus the Mysterios match, which was a no disqualification. So let me just preface this before you we give our thoughts on this. Okay, the fact that it was no disqualification, a tied up, blindfolded in the basement, Stevie Wonder could have seen that Edge was coming back during this fucking match. Not even just with the vignettes that were that were airing. Okay, but we, you and I both know we're we're smart people. We watch this for how long? This was maybe the one little bit of predictability that Triple H could have maybe sidestepped, but it was almost too good to pass off. I I think you're right. It was definitely too good to pass off. I mean, with this type of crowd and in a big stadium show, when you're going to bring back a huge star like Edge, I mean, a huge if you're going to bring back anybody, it's the perfect. (laughs) Yeah, it's the perfect time. Um, these stadium shows, like, again, like, I don't think we even touched on that. Like, how good did everything, like, all the camera angles when they zoomed out, they filled that stadium. Um, well, like, I, I, you, I think, I think a lot of filled, it, but, right. No, no, no. But no, you're right. Cause they are, they are filming. I could just thought it has to, you know, be restreamed later. But I, I think a lot of that had to do with Triple H, uh, getting up inside Bucky's fucking asshole, aka Kevin Dunn, that, that fucking beaver little prick that, that is like the only uh, layover from the Vince McMahon era, who's probably on his way out, to be honest with you, but whatever. Um, although I got to admit, I mean, the, the match really wasn't much, and it, but, but I think Edge, Edge kind of saved it with the return. And dude, first of all, I dig the haircut that he's got now. It, it fits him better than the long hair. It fits him better than the Zach Morris do that he had when he was with the Judgment Day. And 
I, I mean, I kind of noticed him more on Raw, and we'll get to that a little later. But is he is he more jacked and like more small now than when he was there last time? Because he looks yeah, a lot bigger looks now. Like in those two months, he was uh, putting some time into the gym. That's for I, sure. Well, I mean, when you're married to the Glamazon, I mean, she probably throws his legs up and you know takes yeah. advantage. Yeah, you know, so. No, but we love Beth Phoenix too. But, but um, I mean, this really was anything special. And again, it, if anything, it kind of exposed the fact that Dominic is definitely a weak link. And I think he honestly, Dominic should be in fucking NXT. Really, he should be in needs, NXT. Yeah, he he, uh, he definitely needs a little bit more experience. Like, I mean, granted, you know, he, we'll talk about the main event raw. Like, you're you're in that spotlight, and I hate to say it, but you know, you're in that spotlight because of who your dad. Exactly. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. Like I'm sure with time he'll be he would be a great professional wrestler, but like it shows, man. It shows. Yeah. I mean, and you would think that he would have picked up something, especially since apparently Eddie's his real father anyway, but not really. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if we're going based on storyline, but um I mean he even has the mullet like Eddie. And you, no, you would, no, no. Um, I do believe Ray did win custody, so Ray oh, is, well, is yeah. okay. true father. Okay. He did win the ladder match. You're right. That's so, right. Um, to, but you know, I think one thing of of disappointment, and to me, this match gets a B minus only because really it would have been a C if not for the edge return. And even though we all saw it coming, it did help. And the the, the fact that the crowd got so hot for it, even and he came like with the brood entrance too, which was even perfect. On top of that. But I think the biggest disappointment of the match was that Dominic still hasn't turned yet. We all know it's coming. But when? <laughs> like, they're they're dragging it out to the point where, it, like, is it even going to happen? And when it does happen, are we going to give a shit? And it's kind of a spoiler, I guess, for the Raw main event that it still didn't happen yet. But still, what the fuck? Like, what are they waiting for to pull the trigger on that? Him going to the Judgment Day would probably be the best thing for him to be surrounded by by those by those people. And I mean, could you imagine for the implications, like, imagine a WrestleMania feud between father and son. Could happen, that maybe. Could happen. Or could happen. When was the last time even something like that even did happen? Did anything even like that remotely close happen? I think the uh, closest thing, maybe. Uh, no, I don't think there's ever been a father-son angle. Yeah. I mean, they were the first father-son tag team champs, even, so... I mean, it, it, oh, I mean, we, we've seen we've seen brother versus brother, you know, with the Hardys and you know with Brett and Owen and you know a couple of other ones, but you know that that's that's we've never seen father and son. So maybe that maybe maybe that could be raised big, you know, retirement and doing the honors for the kid. But I honestly, I, I don't see that happening. I, I think Ray would go out on top if if that were to happen. I, I don't see them doing the job to to Dominic. Well, only time will tell, but. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it would be interesting to see, but I think you're right. I, I think they would get cold feet with it. Um, I think they probably see more value with him as a face, and that's why they don't do the heel turn. But, again, only time will tell. We, we will see. You're absolutely right. I mean, imagine him with that group. I mean, if that, anything, it would it would boost his legitimacy, I think, you know. And even if they did the father-son match out of WrestleMania and it's raised like swan song at that point, and then for Ray to go over on his son, go out on top, that would only give Dominic more heat if he throws an Owen Hart-style hissy fit after the match and destroys Ray to the point where Ray has to retire, you know, because he can't he can't compete anymore because 
Dominic beat the shit out of him. I mean, but you know, honestly, if if I'm Dominic, and I'm not saying this because I'm in, I'm in no condition because I, I couldn't wrestle, but at least I feel like I work out and I work out like daily. I feel like I work out way more than fucking Dominic does, and I feel like I'm in much better shape than Dominic because <laughs> Dominic just looks like a fucking potato in the fucking ring. And I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it with him. He doesn't. He doesn't scream star. He doesn't even scream mid card. He, he. I mean, I look at him and I think, what's the difference between him and No Way Jose, or Adam Rose, or any of those other like curtain jerkers, as it were. Well, I would say the difference is I actually like No Way Jose. Well, <laughs> so by the way, if you, if you don't if you don't follow him on Instagram, you should. He's fucking hilarious on there, by the way, too. Um, that's another thing too. Like this, this could have been the first match. The problem is now. I think with what I think the difference between AEW and WWE is that WWE, if you notice, typically they they put their best match first a lot of times because it sets the tone and it gets people interested in the show. Only difference is, is that this has been one of the few times where like that banger of an opener, the energy continued through the whole show. Into the yeah. next match now, which is the one you've been waiting to talk about—the Pat McAfee happy bum ass Corbin match. Oh, I mean, fr- just just from the very beginning, from the intros with the choir, everything <laughs> was just great, and and Corbin sold it so well. He did. He did. You know what? Too, I don't think he gets enough credit. I mean, the, the guy is a journeyman for the for the WWE. I mean, he. They literally give him the, the dumbest fucking gimmicks, and he's just like, okay, I'll 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 turn, I I will pour syrup on shit and turn this into pancakes and make the best of it. And you know, lo and behold, man, for all for all it's worth, he he really he really does put his all into every one of these stupid gimmicks that Vince put him in. Yeah, and uh, it says a lot to him as well, just as. Uh for his career, like if, if you can take something as stupid as, oh, okay, you're, uh, you're going to be homeless because you lost all your money. Sucks. And like the wrinkly shirt, the mustard on the yeah. lapel there. But he, you know, even, he even the scruff and like the, the five o'clock shadow on the bald head. Yeah. Like, I mean, he like, like he, he lived yeah. the gimmick and, and made it work. And then the, the happy Corbin, like it's, it, it's nice when you see somebody that's kind of been given, you know, it, it reminds me when uh, Cody Rhodes was Stardust. And towards the end, you could definitely tell that he didn't want to do it anymore. But well, he also realized he he's got he's got he's got a family at home that yeah. he has to support. So one thing I, I I don't know if you picked up on this, and I think I even messaged you after it even happened, and it was it was with the finish. Um, and I know we're gonna get into the spot where the fact that they were outdoors and it was ridiculously humid because a lot of them were 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 botching the the rope maneuvers such as Pat McAfee did twice. And he even made the one spot look good, right? When he went up to... With the swanton. Yeah, and he slipped and he still like, like, what? And he got up there real quick and saved face and still did it. But, dude, he fucking trolled Adam Cole with that finisher with the Panama fucking sunrise. I mean, I I mean, I think I, I think I messaged you right after. I was like, dude, he just fucking trolled Adam Cole. It definitely was not the prettiest move. Uh, but I mean, give, given the fact, like let's let's give a fact of who we're talking to here, like because again, like we talked a lot about it with uh, Logan Paul, and I'm gonna say it again, like for y- you look at somebody who's having fun. Pat McAfee is having fun. He's living his best life. He's living our best life. He's living our dreams. He is. 
biggest wrestling promotion in the world doing commentary like and you can tell every single time he's on camera or he's in the ring he is having fun and um, did you did you notice the one uh the one line a little little bit of dialogue that that Corey graves and and michael cole had uh, a little Corey, dig when when Corey graves i liked it better when you were getting um instructions yelled in your ear and cole's response was times have changed pal <laughs> yep because that was another thing too by the way Real, real quick, just total side note, and I, and I think I think you agree with this. Also, I think we talked. Michael Cole might have been the true MVP of this entire show. Not that oh, the fucking absolutely. not 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 that the fucking leash is off. I didn't mind him at all. Any of the announcers, the fact that they were allowed to be themselves, really, really came through, and, and more so with him because he's been under under you know lock and key for how long. Well, we know that, um, I mean, some of our fans may not know this and some of our listeners may not, but when you're in those positions and, you know, when it was the Vince McMahon era, you have Vince McMahon screaming in your ear, telling you what to say, what he once said over the air on camera. Um, so you're right. Yeah. Like the fact that he wasn't able to be himself, but he was able to let loose a little bit. And, uh, I mean, the calls that he made and it just made the show much more watchable. Did you notice too that he was actually using? Codebreaker and things like that were taboo at one point with this. So let's let's talk about that real quick. Do you think now um, these you know lists of banned words? Do you think they go away? Do you think we're going to start hearing wrestler a little bit more than superstar? Because I mean, I know we've heard it in the past. I want I want to say yes. I want to say yes. I I do know they've already been um, getting a little bit more lenient with getting rid of the whole WWE universe moniker. Like I know, I know. Like they want to go back to fans. They want to refer to us as the fans and refer to the you know people as the fans. Will the universe still be a thing? Yeah, because that that ain't going nowhere. But don't be surprised if we start hearing fans more often, and even if they start referring to the title as a belt, because Cody Rhodes already said, "I will gladly pay the thousand dollar you know fine every time I say that word." I don't give a shit. It's a belt. It's not. It's not a championship. It's a fucking belt. Just like the strap. That, that's on the infamous, you know. You know, did you know also, too, and this is total side note, they can't even say hospital. They have to say medical facility. Really? Yeah. That was another one of Vince McMahon's banned words. Hospital. Hospital. Let, let that sink in for a second. Hospital. Well, you, you do know he hates sick people. He hates people that sneeze, so... <laughs> Well, you know what else he hates? People with loose lips. Yeah. That love to fucking, you know, flap their gums and have tea time about the man. And then, you know, that's for another time. I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll get into the whole Vince McMahon era and how none of us saw that coming to the end the way that it did <laughs> at all. Definitely um, going to be a, an episode for another time. I'm oh, sure we that's can like an hour or five with that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because there, there's a lot, of, there's a lot more good than bad. But we'll, 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 you know, we'll say that because it can't really, without the, without Vince McMahon, there is no professional wrestling the way it is now. Well, let's be honest. He, right. he did shape it for us. You know, we all grew up on him. I mean, I grew up on him. He was a fucking commentator. He wasn't even Mr. McMahon. Like, as, as a kid, I had no idea that he was the fucking boss of the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I was I mean, five, you know? But I didn't know. I don't think anybody really did until, um, until Brett pushed until him on his ass. Yep. Yeah. So that's going to lead us into our next match with the undisputed WWE tag team title match with the Usos 
versus the Street Profits with uh, the legendary Double J. That's J E Double F. J A Double R E Double R Double T. So I was actually the most excited to see this match out of any on the card, and it didn't live up to the to the Money in the Bank match. That one was a fucking classic. I don't know if you got the chance to watch that match, but dude, those two put on a fucking show during that match. This one, it's very very not rare. So that much. You're you're right. It's very rare that you can get uh, the same tag teams to put on classic after classic. You know, like we're not talking about the ladder match from WrestleMania 2000. Can't call it WrestleMania 16. It's got to be WrestleMania 2000. Of course. Yeah. Um, and then you you go into TLC two where they just up the ante all the time. And then the the TLC ladder match at WrestleMania 17. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was not the same. Uh, I don't know if it was the vibe. Is the, I feel like the yeah. vibe was different. I mean, you know what though? It wasn't a bad match. It was still a banger of a match, but it wasn't even remotely close to that one. Literally the month before, where they put fucking everything out there. And and again, this this is a match we've seen umpteen times. And I do feel like this was part of, you know, they have to wrap up the Vince McMahon storylines to kind of get to where you know. In that aspect, I I do think that um, this was more for Tez. From Montez Ford. I mean, let, let's be honest. I'm going to talk about this again a little later when we get to Raw, but the dude's a fucking superstar just waiting to fucking explode. Like, and I and I already but again, we're gonna to get to that a little later, but it's it's the, the rocket ship is already getting strapped to his back. The guy's about you to get shot to the moon. I mean, he he one hundred but you know, in, in the same token, they're they're also smart in building Dawkins up as well. This isn't going to be the rare thing where it's the Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty barbershop window incident. These two guys alone are going to be just fine. Although I think between the two of them, it's really going to be Montez Ford. And we'll talk about that a little later when we get to Raw. But I mean, as, as far as as far as with this one, I mean, this this one just gets like a B minus just because like you could just tell this was more just to kind of get Tez over more, which is fine. But it, it really they, they could have they, they could have matched the top what they did last month, I feel like. Yeah, um, you hit it right on the head. The the vibe was just very different about the match. I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't a terrible match. Like I think B minus is a great grade for it. Um, but I, I mean, the super kick at the end does does kind of make it. I was on that move. Love to see that. But they could. I felt like they could have done a little bit more. Um, but who knows? I mean, I I think you're right. The, the whole point is they're trying to build Montez for it. So putting the focus on there, we'll see where they go and where they continue. I mean, I will talk about the Usos in that match on Raw. Uh, I think that was a great match. Um, I'm sure you'll have thoughts on that as well. Oh, we'll absolutely, that. I will. Absolutely, I will. And and again, I, I also love the fact that, that the Usos have adopted the um, the 3D, or as they call it, the, the 1D for, mm-hmm. for their finisher because the Dudley Boys are my all-time favorite tag team. So for them to get even a little bit of props on... You know, with with right now, arguably the biggest tag team in WWE, because we'll be honest, F- FTR is the best fucking tag team in all of professional wrestling right now. I don't think that the the only that that's my dream match. If we we're going to do the Forbidden Door, which I'm sure we're going to have that, you know, a little later, we'll, we'll discuss. But FTR versus the Usos would be my my dream match right now for a Forbidden Door style thing. Oh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, because, I mean, now with trips in charge. 
he's already said he's open to other promotions doing stuff. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we if we get the. But again, we're gonna talk about that a little later when we get to the to Dynamite because there there's I will have a lot of thoughts about Dynamite. I'm gonna kind of skip over the Seth Rollins Riddle fiasco because it it honestly was just like a filler bit for no reason whatsoever, which we all thought it was going to be Johnny Gargano or Bray Wyatt coming out and ended up just being like a schmoz with, with the two of them just kind of brawling for no reason. And, you know, and, and storyline injury for Riddle to be taken out for a little while, which uh, maybe he's releasing a new strain of pot that we have to smoke. I don't know, but <laughs> more than likely that that could be what it is. Who, who knows? But now we get to like the actual, the actual stinker of this fucking show. This was the Oof. only, this was the black eye of the entire show. This was the one that, uh, you know, I I wasn't looking forward to it as it was. And I said, legitimately, I think I even messaged you ahead of time. And I know we have quite a few friends that we, that we talk to outside of each other that watch wrestling. And even they were like, how is this match going to go? Because on paper... And even with your own two eyes, and again, even to use the blindfold that tied up in the Stevie in, in the in the basement Stevie Wonder reference, everybody knows that Ronda Rousey legitimately, as much as a as a dry can of paint that she is with her personality, and the fact that she cannot work the stick with with her promos, is a legitimate badass. Yes, and. Especially with and listen, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, and I'm 100. I was never, and I'm still not on board with the Liv Morgan experiment at all. I never bought into the hype. I don't see what the fans see in her. I don't understand. I mean, yes, she's a very attractive young lady, 100. But that can only get you so far. She can't wrestle. She can't talk. She sounds really awkward when she's giving promos. Sounds overly scripted. I mean, maybe maybe tomorrow when we when we watch SmackDown, it'll be a little bit different because now that Triple H is really, you know, now fully one hundred percent running the whole bit, maybe she'll get a little bit. But I honestly, I I don't see it. I mean, do you? Am, am I wrong? Am I, am I saying anything? Maybe am I? I mean, do you see something that I don't in her? Honestly, there hasn't really been much. Um, I think you kind of you, you definitely nailed it, but. Let's be fair. Um, now that there is a new direction with the company, maybe they're a little bit uh, more laxed, and you know the promos can kind of. I'd like to see her try to be more of herself, and we'll go from there. I can be swayed, but you're right. Like when you, when your promos don't really hit the mark and they sound weird, uh, regardless if you're coming up with them yourself or if they're somebody else's words, if you can't make it work. And if you can't back it up in the ring, like, see, uh, that's the difference between her and her opponent there with Ronda Rousey, because Ronda Rousey's a multi-time UFC champion. She's already held the Raw and women and SmackDown women's titles, you know, at, at this point. She's a legitimate badass. While she is horrible on the mic, she can at least back it up in the fucking ring. And, and I mean, don't forget and just, she's a superstar. I mean, like the, the, the right. uh, what was it? The Expendables. She was in the movies. Um, I she's know she's an entourage. in a couple other movies. Yeah, yep. she's an entourage. So, I mean, she's but, a mega star. But but and plus she brings over like like you know like like the mainstream appeal for people to come in and watch. So when when they see this match where you got this, you know, for for 
I don't even know what the hell it would even be. Would she be like a Bratz doll in real life versus a legitimate fucking like the female Brock Lesnar? I, 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 I mean, I'm telling you, I, and even I even said to you, I was like, listen, there's no way in any, in any fucking universe where she wins this match clean down the middle. Like they have to have Charlotte Flair come in to, to, to fuck up the finish. It has to be a schmoz of an ending. And that wasn't the case. But it was still a screwy finish. Very much so. Um, were you surprised, she, though? Yes, only because I really expected some type of outside interference or a disqualification where Ronda fucking lost her shit, which did happen in the end anyway, because after the fact that Liv did tap. Now, it looks like Ronda ended the, the, the show as a, as a heel and... Live, uh, you know, kind of walked out like the sympathetic baby face, but I feel like that didn't happen. I feel like if anything, it made Liv look more heelish with that ending, and especially with her smiling with the fact that she still had the title. Well, only time will tell. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens on SmackDown, but yeah, I mean, it it definitely. Uh, you were right that this match was kind of the stinker of the show. Um, they can't all be winners. They can't all be winners. No, no, no. And, I, and again, I feel like this was more like they were tying up loose ends with Vinnie Mac, but this this was 100% the only black eye of the of the show. This was like the immediate... I mean, as it was, as I said, I really wasn't even looking forward to this match. Period. So it, it didn't live up to any extra, you know, extra hype or any expectations. It it exa- it was exactly what the, it was a fucking stinker. It was a fucking brass doll versus the female Brock Lesnar, and that's exactly what I knew it was what it was going to be. And it's all bullshit. Um, and then, of course, they you know they they suspended Ronda for her actions against the ref and whatever. I mean, who gives a shit? Just fucking get her the fuck out of there. But you know what, though, to, to be fair, and again, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow because Charlotte could come back tomorrow. That being said, I'm not the biggest Charlotte Flair fan at all, but. She's presented as a star. She's believable in that role. And I can see exactly why they've spent so long leaning on her to hold that title, to make you look relevant and make you look legitimate. Now I see why. Now it makes total sense. Because anytime they go to, to please the fans, the, the little bit of fans, a little bit of kids that liked Liv Morgan, it's not working. Already it's not working. That She has to drop the title. I mean, let me, let me ask you a question before we go on to the main event. Do you honestly see, because you know Survivor Series is coming, it's coming a lot sooner than later, do you really see a scenario where Liv Morgan versus Bianca Belair is a legitimate match that Liv Morgan can win? If she can keep the crowd on her side and the fan reaction is the same, you know, do you, creative you, you might, think might look be, at that. You don't think they're going to be pulling more for Bianca? Because Bianca is like the clear fan favorite between the two of them. Well, Again, you know, going into Survivor Series, it's hard for us because think of it this way. Like, we, we've watched wrestling a long time. We uh mm-hmm. fans of WWF back in the day. I don't know if I can still say that. Oh, now, yeah. now getting sued. Um, but, you know, we talk about long-term storytelling. And it's something that WWE has just abandoned for the most part. I mean, there's little sprinkles here and there. But if you can set something up, and again, I like to think like I'm willing to see it through if it gets us a nice big payoff at WrestleMania. You know, the granddaddy of them all, the show of shows, best place to blow off a big feud. If they can craft a story, then yeah, I could see her going over Bianca 
at Survivor Series and then let's roll into something. Let's keep that feud going. But I mean, with how this match looks like, nah, yeah, I I would want uh I want Bianca as my uh my number to be, one there. And to be to be fair, I mean, and again, I don't want to spend too much time on this because you know she's not really worth it, but and again, she's not not that she's not saying she's not, not a nice girl in real life, whatever the case may be, that that's irrelevant. I mean, we both grew up in Mount Stomping Grounds. <laughs> that that was for you in Bergen County. But um she's she's not it's it's just not working. It they need to get it off her. It they you know the the fans this is this is I don't know if you saw Doctor Strange 2 yet. I don't want to spoil it if you did. I have not. Okay, so I won't spoil it. But there's a scene in Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness, and I'm not gonna spoil it because half of them probably haven't watched it yet either. They're listening. They will be listening. We kind of got something that we've been like kind of begging for in that movie, but it's gonna be a one and done. And then after seeing it, it makes total sense why it's a one and done. And I feel like Liv Morgan is the same thing. This the the, ex- the experiment's over. Get it off her. The money match for me at Survivor Series is Bianca versus Charlotte. That's more believable. That one I can see better. Even Bianca versus Ronda would make more sense than Bianca versus Liv. And I'm, that's all I'm saying on that one. This one obviously gets the F. This is fucking horrible. This match. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, it's it's there were not many bright spots, unfortunately. So I think F is the grade we definitely have to go with. And now we mercifully got into one of the most batshit crazy <laughs> main events I think <sighs> I've ever seen. I mean, we don't even. I don't think we don't have time to even get into like all the spots on this. But I mean, the one. Right in the beginning, when Brock fucking drove the tractor to the fucking ring, and he said, did the, his little Paul Hammond intro on himself and threw the mic, and Roman caught it. No look caught that fucking microphone. Yeah. That set the tone for the rest of this match. It wasn't a, it wasn't a barn burner of a match. This was a legitimate slobber knocker, to quote our, our you know, our the great Jr. This was one hundred percent a slobber knocker. It just reminds me of playing Here Comes the Pain and all the crazy things that like you'd have all the tables and the, the, everything just blown apart, all the debris everywhere. Um, I, I mean, I love the match. That, 100% me, loved like, it. Seeing Paul Heyman get his comeuppance was also great. Speaking of coming up, up, Brock lifts the ring up <laughs> with the fucking tractor. Roman sells the fucking the, the, the slide, which really... 100 percent would have happened i mean uh, can we can we think about this for a second though like could you imagine had they gone with that as the finish they just roll him out of the ring and then that's it brock wins like obviously the grade of uh, the match would have changed thankfully that was not what happened uh we got quite a bit after that but a lot after that actually i mean matter of fact i feel like this was the perfect feather in the cap to end this rivalry between these two i mean you know this by far was probably their best match together. These two have such great chemistry together. They know each other. They have fun with each other at this point. Brock, Brock is very selective who he works with. I mean, we, we know that, you know, he's very protective of his legacy. So he doesn't just job to anybody. So he, you know, you, you know, the fact that he was okay with the finish, but getting buried by literally all that fucking debris. And then Austin, Theory came out to try to cash in and you know tell him what 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 happened. <laughs> oh my gosh, how great was that to see that blow up in his face? 
but I mean, that's, that's why I love it. That's why I think theory works. Like he, he is that typical heel. You just want to see it happen. So I'm going to, I'm going to, when we get to raw, I'm going to kind of give my, my take on the money in the bank because conspicuous by absence. Well, we'll talk about that here actually shortly. Um, but yeah, this, this was, this was by far the best match. They, you could tell both of them had so much fun doing the, the, the spots in this match, especially Brock. Listen, and you know, as well as I do, because we've gone to quite a few shows before and I used to re- refer to Brock as the Divas champ. And, you know, I've always said, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not spitting bullshit because you've, you've heard me. This isn't hy- hy- hyperbole, but I've, I've always said Brock is overrated. I've, I, I told you. To your face, I told you that like Brock is overrated. I don't, I don't understand why they put so much stock into him. Now I get it. I think now if this would have been how he could have been presented, but then again too, he kind of you know had to get to this point where he was comfortable within his own skin to kind of get to the cowboy happy Brock. Because I mean, babyface Brock is the cowboy man. I'm all for it. He's having fun. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I don't know about, about how you think with, with him, but I, I think this, this persona is his best presentation by far. Well, we, let's talk about something that we've said like about 50,000 times already. It, it just comes back to having fun. You can tell Brock Lesnar is having fun again in the WWE and, uh, it really shines through here. I mean, like that smile. I mean, how many people get to go to work and just destroy their office? You know, exactly. Exactly. And, and what do you think that meeting was like? So uh, here's what we got. We're going to have you come out on this Kubota tractor, right? And uh, we just want to have you lift that fucker right off the ground. I, I bet you Triple H was like, like, fucking like, like putting his hands together, like, all right, Brock, here's, here's what we got. What, what do you think? And Brock was probably like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Yeah, like, let's <laughs> I, bet, I bet you, here's that picture. He probably walked into the arena and he, Triple H, Brock, you know how to drive a tractor? Well, I grew up on a farm. Why? And here we go, off to the fucking races. And, yeah, I 100% that that was definitely an A plus for me for this by by far. It, I think this match actually over delivered my expectations because this one I was kind of like, eh, how, how the fuck is? Because I mean, we've seen it a million times, but thankfully they did not to to be cliche and, and quote the quote, but they did save the best for last for this one. I think for their rivalry as well as the absolutely. Event. I mean, it, it was it was definitely a great way to end the rivalry, like. It makes you wonder what's next for Brock Lesnar. Um, it definitely makes me excited to see what's next for Roman Reigns. I want to see who he takes on next. So, well, we know it's going to be um, Drew McIntyre at the Clash of the Castle Labor Day weekend. Yeah, but I mean, let's 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 be real here. He, that, I mean, that's like, going to be a placeholder. You think I have my win? thoughts. He could, but I mean, they they keep split the titles up at that point too. Oh, I did not even think about that. Here's here's my my thing. Here's what I think will happen, and then we'll get into Raw and Dynamite. I Cody's going to come back in time. I think he's going to be the one to, to, the one to win the Royal Rumble. He's going to face Roman in the main event. It's going to be a hard fought battle. Cody comes out on top, barely wins the titles, and then the heist of the century two is going to happen, where Theory's going to cash in. And this way, Cody technically gets his WrestleMania moment, but then Theory walks out as the champion. That That's what I think will happen. Unless they come up with some bullshit where somehow Rollins gets that, that briefcase and does the heist of the century to himself and ends that. Because the money's always in the chase. We know that. You know, I... I... 
I could be wrong. Um, maybe I'm the only one in this camp, but I just I don't want to see that. The Heist of the Century was a great moment in WrestleMania history. It does not need to be repeated. Um, and we'll talk about uh, when we get into AEW Dynamite. We're, we're going to talk about uh, something being repeated, which uh, I know oh, I talked to you about yeah, it. It definitely yeah. bothered me. Um, but why don't we move into Raw? Um, oh, let's, did let's we give, our, give this a, a grade? Oh, and over we we give the the main event an A plus. But I, I think overall, I mean, aside from the F, because obviously we have to take all points for that. I mean, dude, this was a solid B almost a B plus really it was just the, that that if that match would okay here's how I, w- I will tell you this is like this was almost like the perfect sandwich where you had two of like the the most delicious pieces of bread and the the cold cuts in between were almost perfect and then some asshole puts like a piece of like olive loaf and that would be the Lord Liv Morgan Ronda Rousey <laughs> so you gotta you gotta just chuck that out all right you gotta just chuck that loaf. out like an olive loaf or or whatever you don't like like if you want olives on your pick on your sandwich whatever whatever you don't like on your sandwich that that would be what the Liv Morgan Ronda Rousey match was so if you take that out this would have been a perfect day but really it's it's about a B plus B I think overall I mean Triple H man he he fucking came out swinging for the fences with the show and do you think he had to I mean well with yeah what because, was going I mean, on like not even just that I mean he already had a lot to prove to begin with I mean he. He was right. He was stepping in. I mean, granted, the old man was out of touch for how long, but I mean, it's still fucking Vince McMahon. So he really had to step up, which now we're going to talk about how he went even further. Raw, for the first time, and probably I can't even count. It's been forever. This was the first Raw that not only was it not a chore to watch. The three hours flew by. By the time it hit, I even said to you, I'm like, holy shit, dude, it's almost over. You're like, oh, my God, it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the main event definitely took a lot of time. But, you know, the the show just moved so fluently and just so many great things happened. It was um, I don't know we've talked about this privately and uh, we'll go into it in deep detail for our listeners. But admittedly, I have not been a wrestling fan for quite a long time because of some of the things that WWE has done. and. Uh, we're going to talk about backlash at some point. Oh, we'll have to the, do a show the, the on that. The unfortunate backlash 2018. Oh my god! If anybody was at that show, you have my apologies because we yeah, were there. And it seriously, was it was the fucking. It was the dri- It was the drizzling shits. It did. But but this this was not the the WWE Monday Night Raw was not the drizzling shits. If anything, no, it was first was, time in a long time I had fun watching Raw. First time in a long time, and. You know, this this also helped too the fact that the wrestling felt good on here. Like it, you, you can tell. Like this is this is somebody in charge right now who knows the business and understands what it means to be a performer and just kind of letting these guys do their thing. Champa is is back to Champa mode, man. Like that's such a beautiful thing. And. I think his push is definitely going to be a little bit more protected now, which makes me a little bit happier. I 100% agree. And then I, I'd like to even touch on the fact that I think I think online they're being called control. The the Bailey um, stable with Dakota Kai and Io Sky. Not once, not twice, but three times they were they were presented as legitimate threats and heels. 
all three of them. Io Sky had the chance to show out against Bianca fucking Belair and had a banger of a match. I mean, it, it, you typically, if this would have been the Vince era, that first of all, they, he had already didn't want to do that. Triple H was like, well, fuck it. We're going to do it because I love all three of them. I'm the one that, that made them. I'm going to help them get to the point. I mean, am I wrong? They almost have like that, like a, like a, like a female NWO vibe to them. They definitely do. And I mean, uh, let's, let's talk about, uh, we get right into the start of Raw, um, with Becky Lynch coming out and mm-hmm. kind of passing the torch right to Bianca Belair. And then and right the attack sick. that happens right there definitely has NWO vibes. I think you're absolutely right. And it's, it's fun to see where they're going with it. And too, it was even, she even, uh, kind of, not not so much like called out the old man, but even said like you know like the flashy clothes are gone, like the the gimmick is gone. Um, the man again, and even Bianca was even like you are the man, and that's the Becky that we love when she's the man. I mean, one of my one of my biggest gripes. I don't know if I even had the chance to even tell you this, but I would see it on Bleacher Report, and I would say the same shit also too. After every word, that's what she would do when she was in her heel gimmick was breathe harder, harder than fucking Darth Vader in between everything because she would get herself so hyped for no reason. You saw the difference already with her as a face. She's back to being Becky again. And it works better. I mean, listen, I, I get that sometimes you need to do a character change. You need a fresh coat of paint. She didn't need one. I mean, even as a heel, she was getting cheers, man. It was definitely touching, um, and I mean, when she comes back, the roof is going to blow off. Doesn't matter when she comes back or where she comes back; like the fans are going to go nuts. I I would almost here's here's my my thing, and I and I really hope that Sasha does come back tomorrow with Naomi. But I I really want to see a four horsewoman match. Maybe maybe them like on the same team, do a Survivor Series like a limit. But then again, who's who could really even compete with them? To be honest, like nobody could. I mean, maybe, maybe, if, maybe, because I know for the longest time they rumored the whole the four horsemen of NXT versus Ronda Rousey's four horsemen, and I mean that would probably be like the only thing that would make sense. But I mean, you know, you're right. When she gets back, she's going to get the only the only ovation for that. I mean, uh, it's it's it, you could almost think it would be like Stone Cold level pop coming back at Backlash to help the mm-hmm. Rock, like the roof will mm-hmm. just blow off the place mm-hmm. if they do it right. Again, I am very cynical. Um, I mean, it, we, we've had one good pay-per-view and we've had one really good episode of Raw. I'm still not 100% sold yet, so I need to see more because you know me, like, again, and, and I'm going to shit on WWE every chance I get. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm going to shit on AEW too because you know oh. me. I'm an AEW mark. I mean, I love I, AEW. I love them too, but you know, lately I've, I've been noticing a lot more. You know, especially now that Triple H is back. Not not back, but now that Triple H kind of has the keys to the castle, things are already different. I mean, look, we had the opening promo, which and it worked. It didn't feel scripted and and drawn out like Vince would have had it. Then we go into the the triple, the first triple threat. He's already elevating the U.S. title again. Oh, with that vignette. awesome promo amazing. package, right? Although I know a lot of people on, online were complaining, and rightfully so, that, that Bobo Brazil was left off of that. But I mean, other than that, which he should have been on there, other than that, that that was like, wow, like, damn, like, all right. <laughs> Make the belt relevant again. All right. And I mean, in the, what, what do we have? The Miz versus AJ versus Mustafa Ali in a fucking banger. 
and I mean, the Miz continues to be a superstar here. Like, I love to see where they're going with this. Um, I mean, even AJ was uh, great throughout the whole match. So, I mean, I'm very, very excited to see what happens next. I want to see what's going to happen. Is it going to be AJ? Is it going to be Champa? Like, you know, are are, are we going to have some more interference with the Miz here? Like, what what's going to happen in this angle? Like, it's it's got me hooked. I want to see where they go with this. So, I know I mentioned the fact that we, you know, again, we'll kind of jump ahead that that Champa won the second um, triple threat match and he won the the ultimate to to face Bobby Lashley for the U.S. title, which already Triple H's fingerprints because of the, he's a, he's a Triple H guy. But but Champa is that fucking good that he should have been like this already. And thankfully for him, he gets the second chance to shine again. We can get Absolutely. like a gold, we can get a goldie too out of, out of this. Hopefully for him. And you know what, like. I'm just going to, let, let's take a sidebar. Like that United States championship title is so beautiful. It is. I really like that design. And I think like it would look really good around his shoulders. I, I agree. Not taking anything away from Bobby Lashley. But no, Lashley does, does not, not need a title to elevate it. Lashley is already a made guy. He's earned it. He's, he's already, he, he was believable as a universal champ. I mean, the, the guy is a fucking beast. And, and he's such like, you know, a legitimate star. That's the thing. Like these guys are stars, and Champa's time is now to shine on that roster. I mean, I was thinking about this too before I get into what my actual favorite segment of the of, of Raw was. Now that you know Dakota Kai came back, and now Champa is kind of getting pushed, and we know Triple H is going to have a soft spot for his NXT guys, and rightfully so because he he helped develop them. Do you think we get Karrion Cross and Scarlet back, perhaps? Mm. I mean, I know she's doing her OnlyFans thing, and I, I mean, that, as much as I would love to subscribe to that, not for fucking $20 or whatever she's charging. We're going to wait for the 5% sale before we uh, dabble in that. Yeah, I mean, it, it has to be 1998 before we jump on there, not not 1999 or $20 bucks or whatever she's charging. We'll, we'll save the, the, the two pennies to jump on. But no, like, even people like that, like, or do we, I mean, I, I dare say, do we get Bray Wyatt back now that Triple H is in charge? I hope so. I mean, I would love to see Bray Wyatt back, uh, especially in this landscape now. But my question is, what do you do with him? Let him do whatever the fuck he wants. The guy's fucking a creative. <laughs> Honestly, just let him let him go. Just let him be him. Because I, I guarantee you, without without the clutches of the old man being on there, because that's everybody's biggest complaint too, was that Vince was so out of touch, and rightfully so, he was. Let these guys be themselves. This 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 right here. And we're going to get into it shortly when we get to Dynamite. This is how you beat the competition. This this already has the feelings of like a second Attitude Era, but not so much over the top with that. Even though Edge did kind of break the, the, the TV PG. I really feel like we're in TV 14 land now. It, it definitely does feel that way. Uh, you're right with this promo. Uh, <laughs> I noticed a certain word did not get bleeped out, that even back during the Attitude Era days, every once in a while would get bleeped out. Yeah, but he apologized for being an asshole, and he said it. Sorry for being an asshole. Um, my favorite segment of the entire night, aside from, I mean, and there was, there, was, there was too much to pick from. I didn't really care for the main event, to be honest. It was great, but we all know the Usos were going to win it, to be honest yeah, with you. I mean, there, there was a part of me that that was a little convinced that like, oh, okay, maybe we could see a title change here. Um, I wouldn't think it'd be a long thing. I, I, my guess would be the next week they would just drop the titles back. But 
they did have me believe it a little bit, but you could kind of see. Well, I think it was more because of Ray, and especially when Edge finally got involved, and then Edge speared Dominic, and of course, Dominic lived every male fantasy by getting leg locked. <laughs> Around the throat by by Rhea Ripley because I can't what, what believe it, she tweeted it. And what did she put Dominic out here living living your dream or something or what did, what did she say? Living your dream. Yeah, well, I I said I got next, please, because I will gladly do that. Between her and N- Nikita, Nikita lines, oh, aka Thicky the Dragon Steamboat over there on NXT. <laughs> <laughs> we we will have a new new name for Nikita every week, by the way, involving her being. Super thick, and she is so goddamn fine. I don't even care if that sounds misogynistic or what, but can't help it, man. That 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 that's a that's a woman. That's a fucking woman, dude. She is a very gorgeous lady. She one hundred percent. Now, my favorite segment of the night, one hundred percent, hands down, and to me, this stole the show, and it definitely set the seeds up for what's about to happen. We talked about it, Montez Ford versus Seth Rollins was probably my favorite match of the entire night. Those two again over delivered when they did like that. That's a that's a premium live event quality match right there that that those two had. And we got it for free on fucking raw. And it's not too often that they give us a nice little tidbit, a little something to chomp right at. You know, we talked about this uh, privately. But I think you're right. Seth Rollins is definitely the MVP right now. 100%. On he, in general, overall, even, even more so than Roman Reigns. And, you know, this is honestly, and you and I have discussed even before, Roman was 100% overpushed. He wasn't ready. They need to turn him heel. So when he finally did go heel with the tribal chief, he is the guy. He is, as he calls himself, the guy, the tribal chief, the head of the table 100% agree the guy has finally earned it he found he found uh, a and, and even as a heel dude he's still moving merchandise which you know that was Vince's big deal was how can I make money off you even if you're a heel they figured it out but for my money it's Rollins man like Rollins has been like the workhorse Rollins I mean again he 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 could fucking turn anything into gold that's how fucking good he is. And, and if anything, even in defeat, and Corey Graves even said it, Montez Ford has nothing to be embarrassed about. The guy fucking showed. I, honestly, that was his coming out party. I feel like that that right there was it. That right there just showed not only is Montez Ford, the street property. Okay, so I know they're, they're planting the seeds and it, it really feels like they're going to turn Montez heel. And watch, we'll get the swerve where it's going to be Dawkins more than likely. Because that that's because we're expecting one, and Triple H is too smart for that. Because I'm going to give him more credit than than some people will. Because I, I really feel like he knows you know better than anybody with this. But what if they did like a new day and kind of kept them still as like you know a unit, but go off and do their own things? It would definitely work. It could definitely work. I mean, why why can't Dawkins go out and get the U.S. title or the Intercontinental title, and why? Can Montez go and get the Universal of WWE title? And they still end up being tag team champions at some point. Why can't the two of them alone have all the gold? You make a great point. I mean, it's a thought, but I mean, is it going to happen? No, because we all know that they, they are 100% Splitsville shortly. It's coming sooner rather than later. But honestly, 
we talked about it earlier. Dawkins is going to be fine. But really, we all know Montez. Montez is the star of the two of them. He's bulked up. He didn't even have to. He was fine the way he was before. Now he's bigger. He's more agile. Plus, he's Bianca's husband. So that only helps, you know, to give credibility to the to the championship family. You know, and plus, I mean, the guy's got charisma for fucking days. He's, you know, he, he kind of reminds me of The Rock in a lot of ways. I could see it. I like early Rock, it. like like when Rock was like, you know, nation, like cocky and like kind of he, he kind of gives off like like old school rock vibes and it could work. I mean, they definitely have a superstar there. Like not superstar like how the rest, but no, they he is 100% a superstar megastar waiting to fucking explode and Monday was 100% the coming out party and I think they have a gold mine with him and they, they, they need to capitalize on that and I and I have a feeling this is just my personal opinion if, if they're going to go the route with this he's going to have a strong showing at Survivor Series no matter what match he's in and I really feel like they're going to they're gonna let him shine in the, in the rumble he won't win it obviously because we all know that's pretty much going to be Cody because that's the story that has to be told but do not be surprised if within two years for the WrestleMania that we're going to be able to go to in Philly for WrestleMania 40, that maybe Montez Ford is actually in the main event for that. And it wouldn't be so far fetched to think so. Guys got the guys. Another one we talk about so, me. I put him versus theory every day. And I guarantee you, you would have a fucking barn burner every every night. That would be a great match to watch. Um, I don't know if that would be a WrestleMania 40 main event per se, but I mean, I'd be happy to see that at a live event. I'd be happy to see that at a Raw or SmackDown taping. Hell, I'd be happy to see that in a PNC parking lot. I mean, you know, either which way. Like, I think they could definitely tear the roof off a building. Well, let me ask you this. Do you, do you think possibly, in a, in a weird way, we might have just seen the preview of what the WrestleMania 40 main event could be? Because, I mean, right now, the rumored one, they're, like, they're, they have a contingency plan because, you know, they want to go with The Rock versus Roman Reigns. That's that's what they want to do because you know the the true tribal chief versus Roman, <laughs> you know what I mean. I, I get it, but Cody's the other option in case the Rock is is unavailable to shoot, you know, for shooting purposes. But do you think that you know because they got to think a step ahead, which they already are because they announced it? Do you think possibly that it could be Montez Ford versus Seth Rollins for the title as well, one of the main events? Knowing what we know now uh, with the landscape of WWE changing, it's possible uh, before. If this was two weeks ago, we're having this conversation before uh, Vinnie Mac steps down. No, I don't think so. I think they fuck it up because that's what WWE always does. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, we're going to knock on wood that uh, with the new change in direction. And I mean, from what we saw on Raw, it, it definitely looks like things will be going in the right direction. I still need to see a little bit more before I'm sold. Um, you know, I just hope that they don't fuck it up. But they they definitely have something here with that. And as long as they continue to go in the position that they're doing right now, keep his push like it is, uh, you know, don't have him take a meaningless loss here and there, like keep building him up. And again, like keep him with the team for now. The new day idea is not bad. You can have them go off and do certain things, but keep them together for a little bit longer. And then when it finally does happen where he's on his own, hopefully he's going to blossom into the next star. And I, and I honestly think he's already there. Like I, I, he's ready. He's been ready. 
I mean, a lot of us have been like, I, I go on the message boards. I'm like, I'm look at how I'm showing my age saying message boards, but like, I, I look on like Lisa Report and I see the comments on everything and like literally, and I talk, I have other friends, you and I have both said it too, but I have, you know, other friends too that are like, this guy needs to get pushed already. Like this, it's his time. He's ready. He's, he's been a star and this is it. I, and I, and I really think I'm telling you, watch, he's going to show out over the next few, actually over, over the next like year. Is going to be his time to shine, and you're going to see a huge difference. And I really think that would not be surprised. Remember, we, we we called it now on August 4th, 2022, at 9:38 p.m. Eastern. We called it now, or at least I did, and maybe you agree with me. I don't know. Montez Ford will be in the main event of WrestleMania, not for this one, but I'll say for WrestleMania 40. I would not, and then it wouldn't be so far fetched of an idea. I'll throw a buck on that bet. Okay, so we'll have a friendly. Uh, Trading places, uh, gentlemen's bet, like the Duke yes. brothers. Okay. And speaking of fucking up, because I'm going to Tarantino this and go back. Now we get into fucking AEW Dynamite. Oh. Which, all right. So you and I have, have, uh, gone to the theater to go watch quite a few of the pay per views and we've had a blast. I mean, uh, that, without a doubt, what was it? Uh, all out. Was a pay per view last that year? Made was, me a wrestling fan again? La- last year was that. That was the show of the year by far. By far. Now, lots changed since then. To be fair, they do have a lot of injuries. A lot of their top guys are out. Like Soul Glow, he's out. But I, you know, and I sent you the video. I really thought that like Cornette, and I love Cornette. I listen to Cornette all the time. I do. I really had no idea that he really fought a fucking broom and a sex doll. And then I sent you the video and I was like, holy fuck. And then he calls him McFinger fuck because I guess he finger fucked the dude in the ass with um during one of the matches. He does it in that clip. And I was like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't even realize that he wasn't even trained. He was self-trained and he looks like a fucking idiot. And even then, like when we would go watch the shows, like, I mean, I, I was kind of falling asleep during his matches anyway. I, I I don't see the appeal with Kenny Omega. I, I really, I don't, I don't get it. So for me, like, you know, with CM Punk being out, and even then, I think, honestly, I love Punk. I do. Sure, he could still go, but I, I think a lot of these guys, it's time. This is becoming like WCW already with a lot of the, you know, you, of the show. You make an excellent point right there. And, uh, you know, we talk about the competition and uh, we talk about, like, feeling a little bit more like the attitude era and you can definitely feel that there's starting to be, you know, I don't want to say momentum shift because if you look at ratings and you, I mean, you can't use like buy rates, I guess uh, when you're comparing premium live events that are um, streaming for $5, which by the way, which by the way, and I didn't cut you off, but I mean, you and I have to agree on this. I mean, we, we pay $25 to go watch this in a theater, the AEW pay-per-views. Who would have ever thought if you would have told us 15 years ago that it was only going to cost us $5 a month to watch a fucking WrestleMania, okay, live, we would have said, what are you out of your fucking gourd? Like, get the fuck out of here. And here we are. You know what I mean? It's only $5 for Peacock. I mean, this is also one of the problems that AEW has. They don't. And I know there's a lot. I don't know if, if you've been following what's going on with Warner Brothers and Discovery because that's actually one of their, their parent companies. There's a huge shakeup over there. And honestly, AEW might be in a little bit of trouble. I'm not trying to start rumors. I'm not trying to whatever, but they're on TV, TBS and TNT right now. 
which is under the Warner Brothers Discovery Network's, you know, umbrella. They're doing a, I mean, I don't know if you saw it. They canceled Batgirl. They canceled the Scooby-Doo movie. They removed six movies. They're cutting costs like crazy. AEW is not doing the ratings that WWE is. Well, that is true. Um, I still think AEW is definitely bringing a lot more eyes to the network. I mean, you know, you, you have hardcore faithful fans. Like, we go to those theater shows, and I mean, like, the theater's usually sold out. So, I mean, like, if they're selling out movie theaters just to see a pay-per-view, and, like, they have no problem doing their live events. Um, and, you know, I, I understand not trying to start rumors. I don't, I don't really think AEW's in any, like, trouble per se right now. If we continue to have this WCW like atmosphere where we're just getting a bunch of old WWE guys and uh, like, you know, the, the thing for me with AEW is I liked I like them peppered in, but I liked the homegrown stars. I mean, I'm, I'm a big mark for Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I think that was one of the greatest gimmicks I've ever seen in my life where he comes out riding on him on the shoulders. But, you know. I also was grateful to see CM Punk. Like I had goosebumps when he made his entrance and came back and made his debut. And, you know, after a while, I was like, I don't want to say I wanted him to go away, but like, mm, it's kind of, it's already getting old. Yeah. Like it was great to see him win a title. It it was great to see him get that moment. It's sad that he had to drop the title and, you know, with the injury, but he, he didn't. That's why, because Moxley, which, you know, I I like Moxley, I do, but, but it, it but it just goes to show why Roman and and Seth are in the position that they are on 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 the other show, and I, and I get that you know they they have a lot of faith in Moxley, but I mean that whole like like the whole like with with the shoulders and like the neck thing and the whole like punch in the face and like I don't know I think Eddie Kingston does it way better than he does. <laughs> and I like Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston's like an around the way motherfucker from like New York that I would have fucking kicked it with and been like chilling with and been friends with. Cause that's the type of like dudes in New York that I used to used to chill with. You know what I mean? Like I have family that are like Eddie Kingston. So I don't know. Like I, I, I just I, I can see why Roman and Seth are in the position they are over there with the with the E and on WWE versus with, with Mox. But you know, I, I mentioned fucking up and we brought it over here. WWE for for a good solid since AEW's inception, for the most part, even during the pandemic, w, when when Vince was still running things, they basically handed over on a silver platter to win the whole fucking thing, and they still fucked it up because your owner doesn't know what the fuck he's doing to book. You have Soul Glow. <laughs> And the and the cosplayers as EVPs, where Cody Rhodes had the good sense to get the fuck out of there, and he's already prospering over it, even with an injury. The guy fucking had like the the moment of the year with with competing in the Hell in a Cell with with the torn pectoral muscle. Then you got fucking cowboy shit with butterflies on his fucking jeans coming out yesterday to save the cosplayers. Which, by the way, thank Christ that Adam Cole and and uh, Red Dragon finally fucking split from the Hardly Boys, you know, to to kind of be their own thing, which we saw that coming. But they're 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 teasing it to be Adam Page and 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 the Young Bucks for the for the trios. It's it's going to be fucking Soul Glow and them that are going to win it. Let, let let's be honest. Yeah, uh, 
there's really no other way to see it, right? That's that's kind of the mo for AEW, and that's they've made it clear that's their top guy. Well, they he's he's their top guy, but the three of them are because they're are executive vice presidents of the company. I mean, look at look at the whole route that the Bucks went through just to not drop those titles to FTR, and now they're baby faces after last night, just so they don't have to face FTR for the rubber match. Speaks Is it, volumes, I mean, doesn't it? I mean, exactly because they 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 you know, and I and again, I hear things, I see things. A lot of the fans are starting to realize, like the young bucks are are full of shit, Tr- trampoline artists. And fucking Kenny Omega is another one. You know, you have legitimate stars there. Like Wardlow finally came out after how fucking long? After how? And he came out to save fucking Orange Cassidy of all people. Like where the fuck has Wardlow been? This guy should be on TV every fucking week. That that's that's your megastar over there, not fucking Soul Glow. Not fucking John Moxley. This guy is your and Powerhouse Hobbs would be his perfect foil. These two should be putting on and, and it doesn't have to be like technical classics. It could be like as Big E would say, uh meat slapping meat, you know, like like those kind of matches, like like a big hoss fight. Nothing wrong to see there. No, I mean last night too. So we you know the actual only bright spot of the match was uh, of of the night was the the women's tag team match because you know I definitely get Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair vibes from Thunder Rosa and Dr. Britt Baker DMD and yes I did the finger thing um but Jamie Hayter kind of showed out last night too finally and kind of had her coming out party but I mean this is the thing too you know this is the difference between WWE and AEW WWE values the women's roster more and they they present the women as stars even someone like Liv Morgan who maybe shouldn't be in that spot is getting a chance to kind of shine and is still better than half the roster on on AEW and really that's not even a true statement because AEW is loaded one of my favorites is over there is Ruby Soho she should be a fucking megastar over there and where is Ruby Soho where has she, she been she's been with Eddie Kingston helping with that with with the and by the way dude okay so we talked about CM Punk Jericho's got to fucking retire too. It's time. He's it's dude like that whole Jericho appreciation shit. Now they're doing the AEW Galaxy. What the yeah. fuck is that? This is this is slowly be, not slowly. This is rapidly becoming like Nitro when when WWE was kicking their ass when they were resorting to like really trying to like hurt W like Max Caster. No filter. This is an Instagram. I'll make the ass boys retire like Vince McMahon. Yeah, we thought it was funny, but really, when you think about it, like they they continuously have to reference WWE to stay relevant. WWE is not saying anything about AEW. They don't need to. No, and I'm not gonna lie. Like after after Monday Night Raw, I was really looking forward to Dynamite because like I was riding that high. We had a great SummerSlam. We had a great episode of Monday Night Raw. We go into Dynamite, and it was just, ugh. I mean, like, let's. I, I, I don't want to not review the show, but I mean, I kind of want to skip right to the uh, the dumpster fire. Uh, excuse me, the the dumpster match. <laughs> which honestly, it didn't even work when it was on Raw when it was the New Age. Which Billy Gunn was a part of that shit too. It, it, so yeah, this is what I was talking about uh, before, and just how it really irked me. 
to repeat it. Did we really have to repeat that spot where we have the two people in the dumpster going off the stage? Like it's been done. What what are we gaining from this? Now I'm not going to say it didn't look cool with the fact that the dumpster flipped over. Like I didn't know if I thought maybe I saw somebody's arm hanging out or something like that. Like oh shit, maybe somebody legitimately got hurt here. But that being said, like as it was happening, like I'm rolling my eyes, going like, so this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And it, it, again, it goes back to referencing WWE. Like, I mean, I get it. The company's been around for a very, very long time. Not everything's going to be original. You can't always come up with original. Sometimes there's going to be something that coincidentally happens. But I mean, this wasn't a coincidence. This was just a carbon copy. Did you even see what, what are they called? They had, they have their own Royal Rumble too. And I forget what they, they call it something else. Oh, I don't, I don't remember. It's like, it's like, it's like, like like the kingdom, kingdom something, or I I don't know. It's like, it's like almost identical to the name of, of that. They even have like their own original, like war games almost with, with the two rings. I mean, and, and I get it because, you know, they, you know, the the E didn't trademark and copyright every single little teeny tiny thing, but, you know, I just, I don't know, man. I mean, I I feel like, honestly, now at this point, like, Triple H could even just call NXT, like, WCW at this point, just to bring it back and and go head-to-head with AEW, and I at this point, now that he's really... I, and, I know, and I know, like, they lost in the beginning, and I feel like it was more because AEW was the new kid on the block. People were so sick of, you know, Vince Vince's booking, and even though it was Triple H kind of running NXT at that time, I think, wasn't it kind of coming out that Vince was a little bit more hands-on with NXT at that time when AEW was. So I believe when they were um, when they were going head to head on Wednesdays, yeah, uh, Triple H was kind of taken aback of his duties, and he was not really in charge. And Vince had his hands more all over NXT. Um, and I'm, I can I just say, like, I did I did try to watch NXT this week. I I did try to skim through it. I'm so glad we're not reviewing that show. Oh no, no, because I, I, I tried it again. Well, I I feel like with that one, they're gonna have to fully hit the reset button. I feel like for this, like, they Vince probably has so much shit already. Like, kind of like they have to get through first. Whereas with Raw and SmackDown, I feel like they only got to Smack uh, to SummerSlam rather, and. They they kind of had to wrap up because he already said they have to wrap up all his shit from SummerSlam first, and that's kind of why they're at where they're at now. With already Raw, Raw was such a different show. I mean, I I don't, I don't think it's out of the realm of reality to say Raw fucking smoked Dynamite for once this week. Absolutely, yes, for once, and it's the first time. And and again, if if it's nothing else, and this you know a lot of people. I mean, even though like you and I had bitch about it, I mean, I still watched it because I'm loyal to to the to the brand, even though. It hasn't been good. It's been garbage. It's been hot garbage. The pay-per-views, I'm sorry, premium, premium live events have been a lot better than the actual TV shows for the most part because there was different people involved with it that were helping, you know, book it, even though Vince ultimately had the, you know, the final say. That being said, um, one thing about WWE that a lot of people forget when their backs are against the wall, that's kind of when they, when they strive and thrive the most and they come out. And they show you exactly why, like they are, like to quote the the Usos, why we are the ones. They they prove it, and I and I, you know, to be fair, they don't look at AEW as competition, and nor should they. AEW is the alternative, and they're not even like the ECW alternative. Like they, it's it's really like I don't know. To me, like Dynamite felt like an episode of Thunder back in the day, and I said what I said. Yeah. It really well, did. 
Rampage you just now? levied the heaviest of insults to a, I did. To a wrestling and show dude, right there. Oof. Rampage? Rampage feels like their old Saturday Night Show on TBS when that comes on. It's because it's only an hour, which I get, you know. If 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 Tony Khan was serious and really wanted to to really make a splash, he would go head to head with SmackDown. At least. Test the waters, be brave, get some fucking balls. But, you know, the problem is he needs to have somebody there to help him that understands the wrestling business and can help him book these things properly. Not do it as a fan playing fucking GM mode on SmackDown versus Raw. Like you need somebody that can like a like a Triple H. You had that with Cody. You didn't listen to him. He bolted. And now, look, he's one of the biggest stars right now, again, on WWE, using the same gimmick that he had over there. Only now it's working. <laughs> so go go figure. Who who the fuck thought that a multi-billion dollar company can figure out how to present Dusty Rhodes' son properly? Who, who would have thought? Not I. <laughs> I did. I knew. I knew as soon as he came out that that was going to be a fucking big deal. I knew well, it. Of course, you know me. I'm I'm being facetious because I think that WWE is. No, I, know. Yeah, I mean, the past five years has just fucked up everything they touched. And and again, I have to repeat myself. They they fucked up to the point they were literally handing over. They they gave, they cut so much talent, and half of them now, I guarantee you, are fucking pissed. And it's already come out that a lot of them are. That that Triple H is in charge now, and they would have stayed had they have known this is what was going to happen. I mean, could you imagine if Adam Cole was still there? That guy would have been the and and it, and it would have been believable. Adam Cole would have been the champion on either Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, you're not wrong. And I mean, undisputed, it, undisputed Era would have been the New Age Four Horsemen. It makes you wonder, like, man, AEW would look a whole lot different without Adam Cole. That's for now, sure. Here's here's the thing too. So, like, I don't I don't necessarily know. We have to wrap up soon. But I don't. I don't necessarily think every single, you know, WWE defect that that went over to AEW would would work now with the show. Like I think Miro works better in AEW because he's presented better as as a monster on there. They're not using him. The ro- that's another problem too. Their roster's too bloated already. They have all these shows. Start using them. Start using them everywhere else. You have Ring of Honor. You can go to Impact. Start using those guys there. Tony Khan owns all this shit. But he's only focusing on AEW. When you could be boosting your other shows, spread your 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 roster out. So this way, everybody's getting their time to shine. And plus, you make those shows must see TV. He's not doing that. That's the problem. Well, you you talk about a bloated roster, and, and again, I know, like you said, we have to wrap up. But um, like AEW Dark, let's talk about this for a quick second. Yeah. You have, you know, every once in a while, it's not uncommon. I'll be flipping through just looking to find something on YouTube and I see the AEW Dark uh, recording and, you know, he got main event stars on the Dark show. It works, right? Every once in a while. But like when you have people that should be on the main event and you're putting them on your Dark shows, what's happening here? Like, why do you have so many people on the roster if you're not going to put them, like you said, have have somebody go to Ring of Honor, give them a little bit of rub, have somebody show up in Impact, um, you know, cycle through people if you have to, do some angles to get other people off of TV, bring other main eventers. They have a lot of stars. And I mean, I think that's what made AEW a very great alternative to WWE is like people that you watched in WWE that you grew up with, you fell in love with, you like. And now, like, okay, they're over here. They're doing their own thing. Like, Miro absolutely works. I mean, granted, I did like him as Rusev. 
but towards the end, WWE fucked it up. Surprise, surprise. They, they did, yeah, because because he didn't because it, he wasn't a Vince guy. Vince didn't remember Vince. Vince didn't like what he didn't create. Like that's the problem with Daniel Bryan. Where to be fair, and I mean they they fucked him up last week already too, which I don't even want to get into that because of how how bad he he looks over there now, but. Brian Danielson, I think, fits better. I mean, he he could be either one and be a star, regardless, because he he he's earned it. But I think his style fits better with AEW than he does on WWE. CM Punk, we know, will never come back over. That's never going to happen. Oh, not with Triple H in charge, absolutely. No, not. well, you know, because I was going to even say in the beginning, I you know, he predicted it where the the um his was it idiot, idiot daughter and doofus son in law were going to be in charge yep. one day, and it look it happened. But it's already for the better. Already, I mean, again, I know you, we, I know you're you're right. We have to see more to kind of to kind of you know, not not so much give judgment, but kind of be like, okay, yeah, this is going to be a thing. But you know, Ember Moon or Athena, whatever she's called over there, she she doesn't really fit in either one. Like her, I put in Ring of Honor, right? Ruby should come I mean, back. Ruby should be the one to come back and like the throne with Liv Morgan. That that that's a story waiting to happen. But, little riot know. squad action, but that's a story for another day. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So, um, so yeah. I mean, we didn't really talk about any of the matches on Dynamite, but there, there was really nothing to talk about. Yeah, it was I a don't complete dumpster to. fire. I, it, I, it I think the dump, the dump, the dumpster match alone kind of solidified the whole match, the, the whole, the whole show. And you know, I uh, for the for the for the safe for the sanctity of, of this show, obviously I, I I will watch Rampage tomorrow as well, as well as SmackDown, and I think they have a, an event on Saturday, right? Battle of the Belts. Yep. I think it's Saturday, and then of course we'll be back next week to to review Raw. So we'll 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 get to the to the four shows with that. But um, I know Labor Day weekend we're gonna have a busy one because we have Clash at the Castle. <laughs> All out is that weekend too. It's the next night. Then we'll have Raw. So. Real There'll quick, be no before sleep. we go, <laughs> there'll be no now. But before we go, what what are your thoughts on WWE doing Saturday shows now instead of Sunday? Oh, so I mean, growing up, like Sunday was was the night. It was always cool, but like mm-hmm. it just sucked because you know, like when you were a kid and you're growing up, yeah, you got to go to school the next day. It's hard begging mom and dad, please buy the pay per view. And you know, as an adult who like you know. Okay, yeah, I pay five dollars for the premium live event, or I'll spend twenty five dollars to go with my buddy and sit in the theater. But you know, I'm an adult. I have work now on Monday, and that sucks. Mm-hmm. I do like the Saturday show because I'm very fortunate that I am off on Sunday. So I mean, it gives me a chance to stay up, watch, and get invested, go nuts, go buck wild, and then get a little bit of sleep. Um, this Labor Day weekend, that's not going to happen. Obviously, we're going to be cramming notes and everything like yep, that, and yep. trying to stay on top of everything. But I do like the Saturday show format. Um, I mean, AEW did start with that, and uh, WWE kind of followed suit, and I think it works. I am still not a fan of the two night show. Um, so, I mean, I have my, th- my my thoughts on that, and I and I will say for for WrestleMania, I I think I, I get it because you know we're going to end up paying. <laughs> Out the asshole to to do pretty much the everything for the weekend for that for that show, but it makes sense because I mean look look at how many times like Becky Lynch won the title at the one in Jersey and it wasn't until like after one in the morning that she was doing this that people were already like falling asleep and having to go to work the next day you know what I mean 
you, you brought up the, the good point about that. So I think by splitting it into two nights, it works. For WrestleMania only, that should be the only one where it's two nights. And I think it, it, that, that format works best for it. I think you're right. I mean, if, the, if we get a Royal Rumble where we have the men's Royal Rumble on Saturday, the women's Royal Rumble on Sunday, like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to pick one of those nights and watch and I'll just read the results. I'm not going right. to invest. Exactly. But for I WrestleMania, mean, you know, you, it's WrestleMania. So, yeah, of course, exactly. that'll be the biggest show. Exactly. And then, you know, I think, I think that that's a good way to, to kind of cap this off. And I, I'll just say quick too, cause I know we're, we're going to, we're going to do plugs here momentarily. So we can kind of, you know, but people can find us on, on social media if, if they, if they choose to follow us with, with this. Um, so a lot of you guys know, um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as El Jefe Del Horror. I do have a link tree on my Instagram that goes to all of my social media sites. Um, I also have a, a links to the, um, House that screams on there and the other podcasts that are within our little umbrella of, of shows. And I'll probably be adding to, um, I don't know who that was. We're, we're going to add who? I'm sorry. I don't know who that is. We're going to get Buck added, Buck Allen added to my, to my link tree so people can find Buck Allen easier. Um, <laughs> listen, man, it was my only slip. It was, it was a botch. There we go. I had, I had my only botch. You got, you got to have one. You got to have one. Got to have I mean, my it, only botch. It, it was still a better show than Dynamite. Exactly. <laughs> Even better than Rampage tomorrow, I, gu- I guarantee you. And hey, you know what? Uh, knock on wood, I'll, I'll hold out hope. Uh, I'll right, hold out hope. And I mean, we got SmackDown, too, so we'll see. And just real quick, too, man. Like, you really would have thought that with the whole new... Like, that Tony would have came out swinging. He didn't. But that's, yeah, that's I mean, it was a big time. whiff. Yeah. And do you have your social media that you want to plug for people? Uh, to- so, uh... You can follow my good friend, that loser AJ, on TikTok. Uh, Buck <laughs> Allen has not set up his OnlyFans yet, but we'll get that running up for the premium <laughs> price of nine ninety nine. Um, and you'll really be able to see where the buck stops. Literally. All right. Well, thank you, thank everybody for uh, taking this uh, this fun time with us. I mean, I know a lot of you. Um, maybe not might not be into wrestling, but I know even uh, Kat Dennings from Two Broke Girls and Thor watched SummerSlam and now she's a big WWE mark now too so hey if that can happen with her people listen to this hopefully they really had a good time with this thank you again mark so I'm a mark for her hogs so anyway on that note um Buck thank you for taking time out for joining us for this oh Nico my pleasure thank you and we'll, we'll be back next week to review as we said Rampage Smackdown Battle of the Belts and Raw all right Good night, everybody.